Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 57 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, uh, every time I say hello, everybody, in in real life, I find myself just immediately wanting to do the rest of that uh, intro. I'm so attuned to doing it. I've been... I've been trained to do that, Joe. Uh, it's it's addicting. It's catchy. It's amazing. I'm so smart for there coming up with it. Yeah. Um, but I'm so sad whenever I say, say hello, Joe, and you're not there to say hello. Yeah. So if you could please show up in my life and just do that whenever I say it. Yeah, I was going to say, well, you've got other shows, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got like four other podcasts. Uh, so I have to make sure I don't start it off with hello, everybody, or else I'm just going to do this intro. Uh, so all my <laughs> other intros are very different. So I, this is this is probably my favorite intro because it's consistent. The other ones, I just like haven't figured out a thing. But yeah, I have four other podcasts if you want to go listen to them. Um, none of them are about Overwatch, but... <laughs> yeah uh joe contenders gauntlet we thought we were talking about this before the show we thought this episode might be hard to find some things because overwatch league's over but we have a lot of things to talk about joe and the first thing is we do indeed first thing's gauntlet um which as a person in east eastern time it has been hard for you to catch the games right joe <laughs> Yeah, it starts at like 11 p.m. and goes to like 6 or 7 a.m., I think. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's been difficult. You haven't decided to become nocturnal just for this, Joe? <laughs> eh, not really, no. Uh, it, it's hard to hard to balance that and uh, college classes, you know. Yeah, I mean, I would just... Especially, especially midterm season. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Um, yeah, over here on the West Coast, it has been easier for me to catch the games because they start... Uh, around like eight or nine for me so i'm able to catch like at least two or three before i get too sleepy and fall asleep um so joe you have you said you have like a general idea of what's happening but you haven't seen as much is that right yeah yeah i've like followed the the scores and stuff i mean on live that's about it (laughs) yeah then then i guess i can be our contenders expert um i I a, a expert in comparison to Joe, I guess. I don't think in comparison to anyone else because I have seen matches. I haven't seen all of the matches. Um but all I know is I am so hype about talent esports, Joe. Um that I want you to just rewatch one of these guys. Rewatch Element Mystic versus Talent Esports, which was the very first game of the entire gauntlet. Let it all off. Talent so if you don't know what Talon Esports is, if you're not watching the gauntlet, Talon Esports coming out of Contenders Pacific, a little bit of history for them. Uh, they're, they're probably the underdogs going into this tournament. They, uh, in 2018, only won one of the three seasons of Contenders Pacific, the second one. And in 2019, they have won both in dominant fashion, 4-0-ing both in both championships. Uh, they have looked really good and it is because of their star player, Patipan from Thailand. Uh, if you don't remember him, you might know him from the world cup. He was on the Thai world cup team. Uh, and he is so good. This guy is so 
good, but he is only 16 years old. So it's going to it's going to be a while until he's in Overwatch League, which is unfortunate because I think he would be competing for MVP. That is no joke competing for MVP in Overwatch League. He is that good. But yeah, Talon Esports underdogs, the only there's only one player in Talon Esports history that has gone to the Overwatch League, and that is Persia, who is on Boston Uprising. Um, and they come out of nowhere. It's a team with, I think I'm looking at with three, three Korean players, two Thai players, one, one, uh, Taiwan, Taiwanese player, and then one Hong Kong player. So it's a mixed Asian roster and they have just been, uh, looking really good against some of the best contenders teams here in the world. Um, in their group stage, they almost beat Element Mystic, who is favored alongside Runaway to be probably the top two teams in this tournament. They were up 2-0, got reverse swept 3-2, unfortunately, and everyone was in shock because they lo- they were competing with Element Mystic even during that reverse sweep. It was so close. Um, and then Talon picks, a- picks it up in the losers finals and beats XL2 Academy, one of the best NA contenders teams. To, to make sure they get that second seed out of Group A. And then, last night, they 3-0'd Gladiators Legion uh, so easily. Made it look so easy. And now tonight, they are facing up against Gen G. So this is the team to look at. This is the, the most exciting team, in my opinion, because they're underdogs. They're coming out of nowhere. Uh, they're not in South Korea or United States region, which are the NA and South Korea are basically the contenders teams here to to look at i mean the entire tournament is is just na and korea teams left alongside talon talon's the only non-na korean contenders team left so i'd look at that one joe um they're looking really good anyone who has been watching gauntlet uh watch genji talon also watch runaway element mystic because that's going to be insane but i don't think that's tonight um, it might be if it is. Uh, I'm very excited for that matchup. Uh, winners finals, yeah, they are day four. So they'll be the last match of the day tonight. Wow, yeah, that one's gonna be excited. Uh, probably the two best teams in this tournament. I mean, after last night when Element Mystic ended up beating Atlanta Academy, I think Element Mystic proved that they're probably the second best team here alongside Runaway. Runaway absolutely stomped Gen G last night, three zero. Joe, it's just insane. That Runaway loses their entire roster to the Overwatch League. They get a new one, and they're maybe even better than the old Runaway. <laughs> like that's insane. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it you know it says something, I guess, about um, uh, about like team management and stuff. I, I mean, that's you know if, they, if that's the consistent thing, um, you know that's that's kind of what you have to look at. But yeah, no, coming in their their top seed from Korea, obviously. Um. And I think it's interesting sort of going through looking at, again, not having seen any of these matches, um, looking at when we have um, cross-divisional matches too, uh, like like HSL Esports as, as our lone um, EU, EU representative and just sort of getting squished like right away <laughs> in Group A, um, going 0-6 in, in their two matches that they played. Um, it's the same thing with LG Huya was the other Pacific team, I think. No, no, that was the the one Chinese team. Um, 
uh, coming in here into the gauntlet. But yeah, you're right that we've got we got North America, we've got Korea, and this one team from Pacific now, Talon Esports. Um, it, it, and especially in the context of like uh, this past contender season, obviously Fusion University coming in from North America, where they had only lost like one match ever or something, and they won every single like contenders championship that they played in. Um, and, and, and going over to Korea and, and just sort of getting crushed. Well, and I don't, I forget exactly how they finished in, in Korea this past season, but I don't, they didn't make the tournament. I don't think even, um, at the end of 2019 season two, but, um, anyway, and then coming up and seeing, you know, Atlanta Academy evidently holding their own, um, against element mystic there in the, the, the first round that they played, um, um, there was another example that I had. I, I guess Team Envy Genji was also scoreline was close, but anyway, uh, just trying to watch some of those um, those matches. You know, maybe the ones that I'm more interested in going back and looking at, um, and and sort of monitoring those storylines as we go. Yeah, it's been super interesting to see Korea go go up against NA, especially when we saw Fusion University move over. Uh, Fusion University in season two, Korea finished three and four, lost to Runaway in the first in the quarterfinals, the first round of the playoffs. Uh, which is interesting because Element Mystic finished two and five and ended up going all the way to the finals. And I think that helped them secure a spot in the gauntlet, Joe, which is crazy. That's crazy. Two and five. Um, and now they're considered the top two in the world. That's insane. They played it close against Runaway in the finals, too. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been super interesting seeing the NA teams go. Obviously, we got Atlanta Academy, who is considered the best NA team for sure. They got that they got that full buy face off against Element Mystic last night, and they lost in a very close match. Um, so now we get to see some tonight. We get to see Atlanta Academy, XL2 Academy, something we've seen a lot. It is definitely more interesting to see. While it is cool to see like Runaway Element Mystic, stuff like this, rematches like that. It is cooler to see things like Atlanta Academy, Element Mystic, uh, because we'd never get to see them. That's why the gauntlet's so awesome, uh, because we, we we can't see that regular season because they're they're in different regions. But Joe, when you mentioned... Uh, HSL Esports, the one European representative. It's just crazy to me how, I mean, the European fans are so vocal, Joe. They they love Overwatch. Um, and they, they, I mean, last offseason we saw it when Paris was revealed and they were like, full European roster, this is awesome. And everyone's hating on London. They won the championship. Everyone hated their team because it, it wasn't full European. But I think this just once again proves that the European talent just isn't good enough to compete with the rest of the world right now. So, I mean, how does how is this looking for Paris, who maybe going forward, I guess, wants to continue this full European roster, but they're clearly the talent coming up in contenders, maybe not as good as as the rest of the world here, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly not a good look uh, if you're going to be doing this kind of recruiting. I mean, obviously, we've got um, uh, the the World Cup coming up too, and we'll have some some European teams there, it, you know, able to show off. You got to kind of hope 
um, you, you know, they have a little bit more success than uh, than HSL did. Uh, but again, it is just you know one team um, as far as that goes. I mean, you've definitely got some. Um, there are definitely other chances there for sure. But yeah, I think sure Paris Eternal has has some room to work. Uh, but then also the uh, like the rest of uh, the, the like the rest of the region. I, I think it's we don't have to write them off necessarily yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. They only got one. They only got one representative. That's true. Uh, yeah, it just seems like the Korean NA teams are just the dominant contenders forces right now. Of course, uh, apologies to Funny Astro and Kodak on Atlanta Academy, who are European. Um, it's true. Yes. Uh, so Paris could pick up those guys. Um, but it seems like Atlanta definitely wants them. Uh. Yeah, and Gladiators Legion even has some European people. They're European. Most of the European people have have gone to NA contenders because they know it's it's the place to be. Um, Team Envy has some too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, watch the gauntlet straight up. It's fun. The best matches are still to come, in my opinion. Uh, Gen G versus Talon tonight should be fantastic. Atlanta Academy XL2 and Runaway Element Mystic is the one to watch. Uh, it's the hardest to watch for anyone in America because it will be the last game today. Uh, so Joe will have to get up very early for that, or I will have to stay up very late. Uh, yeah, or pull out the VODs, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic, obviously. Pull out the VODs. Uh, Assume, assuming they're not removed from the internet, which is all different. <laughs> yes. Anything else to say about the gauntlet, Joe? I mean, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I'm gonna hopefully um, start watching some of these these archive matches, especially these later ones. You know, as we're getting in theory closer to better and better games. Yeah. Uh, I would suggest everybody does. Uh, also, I mentioned to Joe before this, the format, super cool. I like the format a lot. So um, hopefully more tournaments adapt this this little thing going forward. I, I've enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, this is we, we've got tons of news here, Joe. We've got tons of news. Um, we do indeed. And leading off the news, if you haven't heard about this yet, you probably haven't been on the internet in a week or weeks, because um, it's a big, it's a big thing uh, between Blizzard, China, uh, a lot of video game companies, and China right now. Uh, basically, if you haven't heard it, Blizzard banned one of their Hearthstone players competing in a tournament for speaking up um, for the liberation of Hong Kong. Uh, I believe last weekend he was eliminated just completely from the rest of tournament play, prize money taken from him just for speaking up and out against, against, uh, against the wrongdoings of the government there in China. Um, and yeah, Blizzard just just took it away, uh, and everyone on the internet, rightfully so, I believe, just blew up on Blizzard for doing that, uh, because it is, I mean, Blizzard, an American company, in America, we have free speech, um, but if Blizzard is, 
it wants to keep their Chinese investors happy. Uh, they basically have to have to run their company like there is no free speech, unfortunately, Joe, which is interesting. Uh, what what have you thought about all these all these things happening? I mean, May has even become like now a symbol. May from Overwatch has become a symbol for Hong Kong. I, what what do you think of all this crazy stuff happening right now? And how, how do you how do you see it like affecting Blizzard esports going forward? I guess. Yeah, crazy is the right word for it, that's for sure. I mean, um, obviously the the biggest question is uh, what's going to happen at BlizzCon? Because, I mean, that is, uh, I think we're within a month now, I think, of, uh, I guess that's probably usually, it's usually early November, isn't it? So yeah, we're we're within a month of BlizzCon. um, And, and, uh, I mean, you know, the internet's sort of notorious for for grabbing onto a thing and holding it tightly and then dropping it again. But I don't see that happening very quickly. Um, really based on sort of the timeline where uh, the timeline we're looking at, like the, the, the fervor that people have come up with, but, um, but, but yeah, it's just the balance, the, excuse me, the balance between, um, the, what, a what a company can do versus like what, um, it's a it's a moral issue really to talking about the um you, you know this issue of democracy and and the worth of of some of the people that the um that these this it's an issue of oppression you know and so um in notably uh news wise with this issue i mean people like jane um uh, have tweeted in support of um uh, of the people of Hong Kong, and in fact, um, I, I read an article. Apparently, Jane was asked by someone; I don't, it didn't specify who, uh, to delete his tweets, and so and so that has been deleted off of his account. Uh, I know Flame, um, formerly I don't know currently of the Houston Outlaws, also made some kind of post, um, which, as far as I know, is still up. I think it's still up. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, and obviously. Uh, I mean, there's stories of, you know, Blizzard employees, um, you know, processing while, you know, at work in various different ways. It's not a, it's really hard to find, um, from our perspective, being not in China, um, a group of people that are not upset about this (laughs) in one way or another, which um, you just got to think is not a good sign at all for, for Blizzard. Yeah. Um, and so, the, yeah, then the question becomes, you know, how, if at all, are they going to respond to it? And they haven't yet. Uh, maybe they never will. Um, it's just hard to say. I Yeah. I mean, it's at this point, everyone's so mad at Blizzard. I don't know if you saw, I think yesterday or maybe the day before, American University um, at, their Hearthstone, at their Hearthstone event has just been... Um, in full support of Hong Kong and standing up for Hong Kong and all this stuff. And, um, in their interviews, standing up for Hong Kong and all this stuff and blizzard after all this, all this fire back, they said, okay, we're not, they basically were, are doing the same thing that the Hearthstone player over in Asia did. Uh, but blizzard said, okay, this time we're not going to ban these guys for doing it. And then, uh, and then the American university players, said no uh that's hypocritical so we're just gonna quit 
Blizzard, you're being hypocritical. We should get banned too if you if that those are your beliefs. So we're just going to quit the rest of the tournament. Is what they said. Uh, you know, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, uh, very interesting. I think I think that was yesterday. Um, so lots of interesting odd goings. That was the first time Blizzard like kind of responded, I guess, where they were like, okay, maybe what we did was wrong. So we'll just let these guys let these guys have free speech. And then they were like, no, uh, which which was interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's been I imagine the fact that Flame didn't delete his tweets and Jane did. It seems like that that someone on Jane, someone in the Dallas Fuel organization told Jane to delete his tweets and not someone from Blizzard, because if Flame was allowed to keep his tweets, then then it's got to be like team wise, right? Because um, no one from Houston Outlaws, which is now owned by Immortals, uh, told him to delete it. I th- I think that's probably it's the true. case. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but I'm excited for BlizzCon too. Um, it's going to be knowing how angry fans have gotten at BlizzCon before um, about like WoW Classic, about the classic um announcement where diablo for mobile was coming out like there just been some events at happening at blizzcon that have pissed people off and um the fans are notoriously i mean even in the contenders chant people are just spamming spam this pong to save hong kong with of course a ping pong paddle emote um yeah it's Every no one's gonna give up on this, Joe. <laughs> and BlizzCon's like less than a month away. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be out of people's minds by then. So interested to see what happens. Um, yeah, the internet also raised um, raised money to allow Hong Kong, the Overwatch World Cup team, to travel to compete to be to possibly make it to to BlizzCon. So that could be interesting. It's true. And I know they were, you know, continuing to do that with teams like Team Spain and stuff too. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know if they have succeeded with that one yet, but yeah, it's definitely on the way. <laughs> Should be interesting. Um, yeah, I mean the situation is, it's pretty, pretty uh, insane here, Joe. I we'll see how it plays out. We'll probably keep talking about it on the podcast because I'm sure more things are going to happen. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, let's move on to Contenders 2020. This is, I mean, this is what the off season's about, Joe. Overwatch League ain't happening, so Contenders is. Um, but yeah, they they have announced uh, what Contenders 2020 is going to be going to look like. The main changes have to do with the season schedule, and um, they haven't announced specifics about the showdowns and Contenders Gauntlet for next year, but it is still happening. They will exist. Yep, which is probably the biggest thing because I think that's those are the most watched contenders events and they're fantastic. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Now watching the gauntlets, they're fantastic. Yeah, they've got uh, sort of the, the short version is um, if we go ahead and get into the details, they've got um, two seasons next year still, uh, sort of January through June and then July through, I guess, December. Um, and they're keeping the sort of general format we've, with open division, um, contenders trials, and then sort of the top actual contenders play. 
Um, but they're sort of staggering it out over time to make it um, like a, a constant flow, excuse me, constant flow of teams um, sort of going in and out of the league. So it'll start with, uh, looks like a six week open division season uh, right at the beginning of uh, right at the beginning of January, uh, followed by a week of open division playoffs to get eight teams to send to trials. Uh, from there, there'll be a week of contenders trials. Um, uh, we contenders trials in each region, um, or I should say each division, because that's the 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 big change that I also uh, neglected to mention first when I was talking to you about it. But uh, they made two conferences uh, similar to the Overwatch League. Uh, there's an Atlantic division and a Pacific division. Um, so your Atlantic division teams will be your contenders EU, uh, contenders NA, and contenders South America. Um, now become sort of this Atlantic division, which I don't know if they are also maintaining contenders regions, or if they're just lumping everybody in an Atlantic pool and a Pacific pool. I don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, but then there also is a Pacific conference uh, with contenders Australia, uh, China, Korea, and Pacific. Um, so, but yes, so there's open division, um, and then a week of trials. Um, and then straight into um, proper contenders competition. So based on trials, um, uh, it's like the top four or the top eight, it looks like from trials, will go into a week of contenders tournaments, um, which it is set up like a tournament. And so every every time there's um, a week of actual contenders, uh, they're awarding points uh, points on the season that then go towards rankings and, and playoff standings. Um but then the way they're going to do it as it gets going is that they're going to alternate um, which division, Atlantic or Pacific, is going to be on trials that week versus if they're going to be an actual contenders. They're going to alternate. So, for example, one week, uh, it'll be maybe Pacific contenders will be going through a trial week. Um, and the Atlantic teams will be competing in like a, a, a regular season tournament to get some points. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, the beginning of it is weird because they have to have a tournament to seed everybody into this new system. Um, um, yeah, and actually, I see now that there there will be it is still regional competition within Atlantic and Pacific, so that's um, important to note. But yeah, so the, and then there's points awarded on the season. Um, then there's the playoffs at the end of the season, so sort of mid year and end of year to get an actual champion, um, and then again. Showdowns will return, Gauntlet will return, presumably at the end of the year. Um, but, it, but it's going to be a lot more constant through the season now and a lot more uh, uh, a lot more contenders, I think, just in general, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're just getting, they're, they're throwing away sort of a season format in favor of uh, more of a tournament playoff bracket style that earns points based off where you finish. Um, and I believe each region goes through the tournament twice, and that's a season, basically. And then, then they have playoffs. Um, yeah, and, and there's there's two uh, open division chunks per season too, so that helps. Yeah, so it seems like this format is favoring a lot more like sort of open division or trials teams. Um, in general and saying like okay here's your chance like we're giving you a, a huge chance here because we're going to see trials teams every tournament we're going to see trials teams in there so 
Yeah, and vice versa. There's a lot more chances for relegation too. So you got to really, you know, stay on top of what you're doing as a as a contenders team to to maintain your spot. Yeah. So this should really promote new talent and new teams, uh, which should be interesting because we we've obviously seen basically the same teams and contenders unless unless like new Overwatch League team. I mean, new Overwatch League teams came in. Atlanta Academy came in. Stuff like that has happened, but. Yeah, uh, this should be an interesting format for sure. Uh, so we'll we'll see how it works out. They they really, I mean, the gauntlet even their round robin was not a round robin. It was a tournament bracket. So it seems like they're going all in on brackets here, Joe. Which I don't mind. I like brackets. Uh, but yeah, anything else? They they haven't announced prize money yet. Um, and yeah, this is. So is this like NA specific or um, like is what? Um, because uh, I don't know too many other teams or too many other regions that have like two regions within their region. You know what I mean? Um, and every other week is between Atl- oh. is like Atlantic or what are the divisions again? Atlantic Pacific? Yeah, yeah, I think I might have to. To, to live uh, retcon myself here, that I think it's actually um, that both uh, Atlantic and Pacific are going to be synced. Um, now that I'm actually looking at this, okay, um, the, the, in more detail. But so it'll alternate between like a week of trials and a week of of actual play. But it's not going to be um, it's going to be the same per region, which makes more sense because then you can have open divisions synced as well. Okay, gotcha. Um... So there are going to be four tournaments per per region. Um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, two for Atlantic for two different seasons, and two for Pacific for two different okay. seasons. Yeah. Cool. I, I assume, or or maybe there or maybe there'll still be like twelve or however many because there's one per region. I uh, <laughs> I really don't know. It's not super. Yeah. Clear. It, I I am also. <laughs> no, 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 not. Have you figured it out, Joe? <laughs> Wait, yeah. So we're just, uh, I'm just laughing at ourselves because we're being so precise here. Um, but yes, yeah, so the top eight teams will compete in a double elimination regional playoff tournament at the end of the season to determine their region's contenders champion. Yes. So, so there's going to be an NA tournament for an NA season one champion and an NA season two champion, just like there always has been, and vice, and for all the other regions. Okay. NA Atlantic and so, Pacific, so question, or just NA overall. Um, is it? It, it looks like the NA region is going to be under this larger Atlantic um, uh, umbrella. And so I don't know if there will be smaller, because like this past contender season, there was like NA East and NA West. I don't know if that's going to be, I don't know if that's going to exist or not. This doesn't specify. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so we'll. <laughs> Gotta love the, the live learning on the show. It's yeah. Uh, to be fair, uh, this article is not too specific. <laughs> I, I feel true. like they'll get more. Obviously, it's not 2020 yet. Even they're gonna get more specific, guys. So we'll we'll keep you updated. Go read the article for yourself. See if you can figure it out. Because me and Joe are having trouble. But uh, yeah, it is on Overwatch League. Doug. Yes. So just uh, read it there. Uh, speaking of Overwatch League, my God, have we got <laughs> a hell of an off season here, Joe? Um, God. Uh, F five season is real, as they call yeah. it. Yeah. 
but uh, it's like all of the F5s were this week, and so I'm afraid there won't be any more in the future. But I'm sure that's not the case. <laughs> Definitely not the case, because all these players that have been F5'd, aka released, um, they have to go somewhere, Joe. Uh, whether that's whether that's, that's quitting, whether that's becoming a coach, or whether that's playing again, uh, they're coming somewhere, and there are still so many more free agents out there. But basically... This offseason is probably one of the biggest for free agency. I know there there are no new expansion teams this year. Uh, so last year was pretty big because we had they the new teams. The eight new teams had to sign full rosters. So that was pretty big. But this is the first big offseason because most players going into the first season signed uh, a one plus one contract. So that's one year plus an extra year. Um. So both those years are up now, Joe. So a lot of people are now free agents. There's a whole list on Overwatch League uh, that states whether or not they're still signed under contract, whether they're uh, on the team option, which means the team can re-sign them for another year, that one plus one, or... And they have until November 11th to do that, which is exactly a month from today. Okay, Um, And then, or they're just straight up a free agent. Uh, which means they are not under contract anymore. They can be re-signed still. Uh, just because they're a free agent does not mean they are completely eliminated from being on the team they were just on. They can re-sign with their team as a free agent. Um, but it means that they are free to explore any option right now. They're not. They're not on the team option. They're completely free to be wherever they want because uh, they are free agents. So, and there are a lot of free agents. There are a lot of people on team options too, Joe. Tons of them. Um, not, I'd say the minority here are players who are completely under contract. So, uh, unless you're a Chung, it's probably true, unless you're yeah. a Chengdu hunter, uh, every single player is under contract on their team. And same with including leave. Oh yeah, and same with <laughs> Dallas Fuel. Besides note. Uh, which is not what you like to see as a fuel fan uh, with with that success lately. Uh, but we'll get into specifics. Let's start off with with a bunch of players uh, who have left or been released. First, we'll start with Toronto, who uh, have have four players who have left Toronto. You have Gods. You have Shark. Is that you pronounce Aid? I'm thirty seven. Um, I've all left Toronto, which Toronto had a very, very shaky end to the season there. Uh, and it's, I'd say for these four players, it's going to be the hardest to find new teams. I saw God's tweet out that he's looking for a new team. And I was like, Ooh, your resume is not looking too good, buddy. Uh, with that end. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because when, uh, particularly God's and Sherrick were signed at the same time. And at that time, they, you know, tended to, um, there was a little bit of an upturn, I, I think, um, uh, in the Toronto team. And that was, um, you, you know, there's there something for him, but yeah, it certainly didn't do, um, tons of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it just stayed. I mean, I don't, I'm 37 was a meme, but that was it because he kind of wasn't that good at overwatch. Uh, or at least good. I mean, at least good enough to be in Overwatch League. I, like all these players have, I, I, they're okay. So and 
being on Toronto there at the end of the season, going to be hard to find a new team for all these players. I love gods a lot, but yeah, it's looking rough for these players. I'd say, um, Toronto, uh, Rokai, is that how you pronounce it? I think, I think so. That's how they've, they've done that in the past. Yeah. Uh, has signed a two way contract with the Montreal rebellion, uh, Toronto's contenders team. Um, was he just full Toronto before? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He just, uh, so yeah. So I guess they're just sort of covering their bases <laughs> and that, that he'll be able to be used for Montreal. This, um, because I think this is the last contenders season of the year that just finished. Question yeah. that there won't be another until January. I think so. Yeah, they're sort of covering the races till January twenty twenty. Um, sort of during this contenders off season. Gotcha. Um, Flower has left New York Excelsior. Uh, big name, big name in Overwatch for a very long time now. Uh, so you gotta expect Flower is going to be somewhere else. Uh, yeah, he's definitely getting picked up. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so we'll see where that's going to be. That's going to be a name to look out for in the free agency market. Here we'll see where he goes. Nevix has left San Francisco Shock. Um, yeah, good talented player. Never got to play. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So he's also a free agent, so presumably he's still looking for a team. Yeah. I guess I can. He's probably says on his Twitter, but. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was if he was LFT also. Yep. I mean, San Francisco is just too talented to ever play this guy, um, which stinks for him. Makes sense that he is looking for a new team. Joe, the <laughs> this is uh, the funniest news here. Um, Florida has released Agapin, Rain, Zephyr, DPI, Swan, and their assistant coach, KH1. Wipe the team again. Just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 always going to work. Right? Yeah. I mean, just every month, just decide, ah, this isn't working out. Let's just... Like, you just got to keep players, Florida. Just go all in on players so that they can, like, become a team. These players can't become a team in, like, a month. You can't just give up on them after a month, right? Like, come on. You wouldn't think so. Oh, would not and they were so. starting to look good towards the end of the season, but they're just like, no, see how see it all these players. Um, bye bye. <laughs> uh, they're still retaining some players here, so they're not completely wiping it, Joe. Um, who are they actually keeping? That's a good question. Uh, the current roster we got uh, Saya player and BQB for DPS. Uh, Chris and Byram are their two support players, and they've got three tank players still signed: uh, Fate, Gargoyle, and Carrion, which we've I don't think hardly ever seen play. Okay, so they do have technically enough to field a team. Yes, they do. I didn't realize they had that many players. They had one, two, three, four, five, a, f- a full twelve. Probably. Yeah, they had a full twelve before. Um, so bye bye to all those players, and they still have enough to uh, field the roster. Um. And they did keep Sia player, of course, who was their best player by far. Yeah. Followed probably next by BQB. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh so they still got players. They're still they're still good. They're not giving up on this roster quite yet, but they're giving up on a lot of people they just wanted to throw to the side. Um and I believe like was Zeph how long has Zephyr been on this team? 
He was on Soul uh, before, wasn't he? Yes. He started for, this season. Yeah, he's been on Florida since uh, September of 2018. Okay. Um, and then Hagopin was all over the place. He was on London, then Mayhem Academy, then came to Mayhem. Yeah. I just want to point out there are, there are seven active um, players on the Florida Mayhem. And let's see, 12, 15 uh, former listed <laughs> on uh, Liquipedia. 15 former. I'd be, yeah. I'd be interested to see if that's the most former out of an Overwatch League team. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably either Florida or Shanghai. Wow, I just clicked on Houston, just curious. Only three. Only three former. Um, interesting. Washington Justice, five former, which is pretty... Ooh, Shanghai is pretty close. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, twelve. That's... Twelve, 12 former players off this wow. roster. Wow. Uh, which, again, is just fascinating uh, audio for these for these players, for these uh, audience people who are listening yeah. right now. Listening to us <laughs> count uh, names on a Liquipedia chart. Me and, great. me and Joe love counting, guys. Uh you really do. Uh, Boston Boston has nine former. <laughs> this is this is a fun little article we we could write. Yeah, <laughs> this team with the we you could go through and do a bunch of math and like predict um, the average players um, like life expectancy on each team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, one of those teams, we're just talking about Washington. Um, Ado Hionu, Hionu, Janice and Sam Sam are gone. I believe we talked about Janice last week, didn't we? Because um, he left. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think know. he left with Wizard Young and all those people, which was obvious. Or maybe he didn't. I can't remember. But yeah, Washington releasing a bunch of players. I think didn't Sleepy leave last week? Or no, Sleepy's. They were looking. They were saying, "Oh, we are looking for new teams." Yeah, yeah. Washington officially announced that Otto and Jonathan Sensen and Hianu are all gone. Um, they still do have Ark and Sleepy on the roster, who are free agents, but um, nothing official from Washington. Yet. Yes. Um, so Sleepy still looking for, still looking for teams. Uh, we'll see if he stays on Washington or not. Um, but yeah, uh, at this point in the timeline, we're now at at all these contracts on the. Um, on the Overwatch League website, you can literally see on the website every single player, whether they're a free agent, whether they're under contract, or whether they're on the team option. This is one of my favorite articles I've ever seen on Overwatch League because I I just love looking at this and seeing just seeing like all the possible things that can happen here. Um, it's super interesting. Um, and it's it's cool to see. It's cool to just look at each team and see who who's retaining most of the players for example san francisco shock every single person under contract besides nevix who we know is leaving uh so that team is just gonna stay the same which makes sense um it's interesting to see like teams who didn't do so well like the dallas fuel have their entire team under contract besides note who I think Note is might be their best player and he's the only one who isn't under contract um so it's interesting to see like teams who didn't do so well still have to keep their entire roster um, and teams who there are teams who did very well and they get to keep their entire roster. 
stuff like that. Uh, but Joe has compiled a nice little list of free agencies are people completely free. Um, and there's some good players. There's some good players here. Uh, Boston has aim God and Kellex. Dallas. I just mentioned has note Guangzhou charge has Bishu, Fraggy and hot Uh, Houston has Arhan, Bonnie and boink gladiators as a gladiators fan. Their team is looking like it might be in shambles next year. Um, because, uh, they might be losing deep eight. Of course, uh, we don't, we don't know what's happening. There hasn't been any news. All we know is he's looking for new teams. Uh, but they also have some pretty big free agent names and hydration sure for and void. Uh, and yeah, you, you got a lot of people on team option too, like roar, roar, shaz, um, you got Decay also on team option and Big Goose. So this entire none of this Gladiators team is on is guaranteed to stay. None of them under contract. Uh, all of them either team option or just completely a free agent. So Gladiators fans not happy about that. Uh, New York XL has Mecco as a free agent. Philadelphia has Carpe and Snillo. Carpe is a huge name, huge free agent name. That's probably one of the biggest. Probably out of this list, I'd say he's the most talented player. Uh, so watch out for him. Seoul has Rio Jehong, Toby, and Zumba, some huge OG Lunatic High players uh, who are probably going to be looking for new teams with how Seoul has been doing lately and just replacing Lunatic High players like crazy. Shanghai Dragons have Gamsu. Uh, Washington has Arkan Sleepy, as we mentioned before. I just mentioned Carpe is the biggest name. Any other huge names that jump out to you, Joe? Uh, I mean, Carpe and then Hydration and Surefor. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, and well, it, and uh, the, the next highlight would be Mecco for sure. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't picked up um, or if he you know, just wasn't retained uh, from New York. Yeah, that's the one free. That's probably the free agent I see the most likely just staying with their team. Honestly, that's why I didn't mention Mecco because I think he's he's up there with Carpe for one of the most talented players on this list. But I just don't see him leaving New York. I don't see any reason for him to leave. Um, yeah. So I mean, all his former like just the players he's always been playing with are there in New York. Like he might as well just stay. It's a good team. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there. Are, I mean, there are a lot of people on team option two that are probably just going to be retained because, like, decay for the Gladiators. Decay like cost them so much money and is one of the most talented players in the league. Like, you just gotta keep them, yeah. Um, especially with their chances of losing your two other DPS players, Surefor and Hydration. Like, you gotta keep decay. So, yeah, I think the free agents are a little more notable. Uh, we'll see. I mean, there there have been people on team option, sort of. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens whether they're kept or not, and then we'll add it to the list, I guess. But free agents are the main ones to look at because they have all the freedom in the world to choose what team they're going to be on. Uh, it isn't up to the team. So, uh, yeah. Uh, then we got some coach GM news here. Uh, Philadelphia has released Hayes. Boston has released Goomba uh, alongside, I believe, just basically all the coaching staff for Boston. 
Uh, Florida has released Bear Hands, who's their GM, and John Galt uh, to coach Washington. Was he an assistant coach at Gladiators? Yeah, he was a, a assistant Gladiators coach, so now he's taking Wizards' job at uh, DC, and that's uh, specifically notable to me because uh, he was the coach that uh, uh, he, he was he was he was a ringer for a Butler Overwatch scrum last year. Um, like without anybody realizing who he was, and then like halfway through this scrim, he just decided to give him a coaching session, like in real time. So that was give cool. you guys one. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't. I wasn't playing, but um, yeah, it was the team was in a scrim, and so he came in and, and he was a ringer for him, and then he just decided to coach him through like the second half of the match. That's amazing. So Butler, Butler has been coached by an amazing coach in John Galt. <laughs> It's true and head coach now at uh yeah DC. huge um yeah oh my god so i think there's one obvious team that is losing here joe um and it's th- that team that had john galt do you see do you see the gladiators retaining this entire th- the roster or do you just see a blow up th- th- a blow up here like what's gonna happen yeah i mean um uh, is gone now or at least he's He's, uh, you know, what exploring other opportunities or something. So he could be back, but if Depay's gone, um, now John Galt, the uh, assistant coach, is gone. I mean, um, and, and you, it's particularly Hydration and Surefor who've worked together, um, but now both sitting in free agents. I mean, as a Gladiators fan, you got to kind of be on edge a little bit. Like I know, um, obviously, we don't know much about um, like team dynamics and. Um, and the way that the, the players might have gotten along with specific coaches, but um, you know, it's certainly possible. We, we see this in in tons of sports, even besides Overwatch. You, you know that that the players are interested in following a coach, and so it might be a thing where you, you know, if Deepay gets picked up by another team, um, suddenly Hydration or Surefor or Void or some combination of the three of them are are also interested in um, you, you know in following him. I think. Um, he seems to be a pretty good coach. <laughs> I mean, just based on, uh, based on the team's performance. But I, I mean, yeah, you got to be a little bit on edge, I think. Um, and like, like you said, I think <laughs> as a Gladiators fan, you are a little bit on edge um, about you know what's going to happen in the next week, the next two weeks, um, with this roster, with this coaching staff um, in particular, and yeah, just kind of what shape, um, what shape it's going to take, or are they going to have to pull? Um, you know some new players like they did this past year to try to fill uh fill holes that they end up with yeah uh yeah it's just we'll see what happens i we'll see if they follow deep i think that's a likely option um i could see a situation where they all just decide to stay um but there's a lot of happening in the gladiators organization too as they if you didn't know they just booted sentinels who was managing the gladiators before the Cronkies just booted sentinels out of their organization so they have to basically find completely new management for the gladiators and their esports teams so there's a lot going behind the scenes so that might just not be too attractive to these people right now that's why deep is looking for somewhere new and stuff like that um so we'll see if that just deters all these players from coming back because the organization's a little a little shaky right now but yeah how about as a philadelphia fan are you scared carpe's gone like 
what are what are you feeling, Joe? What is what is the likeliness Carpe stays? What's the likeliness he he goes? Maybe to be with Diem is his good friend or something like that. Yeah, or you know the conspiracy theory going around Carpe to yeah. London. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, well, because in fact, uh, when that this list of free agents was originally published, there were several for Philly, uh, but now it's actually been updated that. Um, Several of, the, of those teams were offered and, and I, I suppose, accepted um, more contracts. But notably, Carpe, uh, Carpe and Snillo um, w- weren't updated and, and still are um, still are free agents. So yeah, that's, uh, if, if you're um, of the conspiracy theory Carpe to London um, camp, that, that might be more evidence for you. But, um, but, but yeah, the question is, right, that... Um, how or if um, Philly is going to be able to survive well uh, without him, and I think it obviously it's it depends on the meta. I mean, we saw um, how how good Carpe is at the Widowmaker um, in, in situations where he can play heroes that he's really comfortable on. Um, but I mean, for example, his Zarya for the three quarters of the season was okay. Um, his uh, Reaper, um, in many ways, was okay uh, at the sort of stage four playoffs type meta. Um, and I think, um, obviously he's a fantastic player and I think Philly would definitely benefit from having him, but, um, you, you know, it's just a question of where, um, and this is why I'm not, <laughs> this is why I'm, I'm glad I'm not like a, a team manager, but it's, you know, it's a question of where, uh, people see the game going, where they see, um, the, the team's needs going. Cause I think it's, um, and after season one, we couldn't have said this about Philly, but I think after season two, it's possible to say of Philly um, that there are probably other players who can fill the same role that Carpe can uh, for the team. Um, I, I don't know who they are yet, uh, but you know, presumably we'll find that out eventually. But, uh, um, but, but I don't think he's um, like a. He doesn't have to be a linchpin anymore. I don't think for this roster. Yeah. Uh... I agree. I think a lot of people see his name. They see season one and they're like, that's the guy. That's the dude who's been carrying Philly. But I don't think they've taken into account that he was fine in season two, right? It's, it's just in favor. He's more of a sniper meta guy. He's uh, he's just hasn't been that good um, on Reaper and stuff like the stuff, just stuff played this year. Um, so I think Philadelphia, I mean, obviously Philadelphia didn't do particularly well in comparison to season one here uh so maybe maybe they're looking for a new dps face i mean there are tons we we see this list of free agents there are tons of dps options there but also we're completely forgetting that these players they literally the teams can literally pick up like anybody they didn't have to be in the league before they could pick up people and contenders people from world cup that they discover so it's a world of possibilities here. It could be brand new talent that Philadelphia brings in to replace Carpe or something like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. It's it's going to be a hell of an offseason, Joe. It seems like tons of great free agents out there. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where their destination is. Any any other thing to mention um, before we go? We got nothing else to talk about here. Uh, but it was a great episode. Um, I just got a Discord ping um, that Philly says uh, Coach Hayes has left, which I, we knew already. So, um, 
I don't know what the deal is, but they just apparently tweeted that officially, and also a uh, coach named Hui, um, which is, that's news. So, okay. um, yeah, so more, more head coach changes, I guess, from Philly. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, like live as we're recording, that wow. just happened. Huge. They knew we were recording. They were like, they got to mention this. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's... It's it's cool to see the offs. I I am excited. I just getting this getting this full list made me so excited for this off season. Uh, and it seems like our on the flanks are just going to be continuing to uh, produce for sure. I mean, you know me and Joe. We'll we'll give you a full episode. I remember I was looking at some of my tweets about last year's episode, and apparently one episode we literally just had nothing on the rundown, but it was still like an hour and twenty minute episode. <laughs> That sounds yeah. about right. <laughs> That's me and Joe. We'll just we'll we'll figure out how to fill the gaps. For eight or ten weeks, we've had uh, a whole section on a rundown that we haven't touched about Overwatch Two. <laughs> <laughs> that should be soon, hopefully, because uh, that might be a BlizzCon thing that's happening. So we should we should predict it's that true. before. So the, so the rumor goes. Yeah, we should try to predict that before BlizzCon. Um, yeah, uh, social media. If you want to follow me and Joe on Twitter, my personal Twitter is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. We have a show Twitter, um, which is on the flank show. You can go follow us there. Uh, you can email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet us if you want to submit a topic for us to talk about. Uh, you are listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, we are on on hyphen the hyphen flank dot pinecast dot co. My personal YouTube channel, which you're most likely going to be able to find that through my Twitter on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Play. Thanks for listening. Please, please, please go watch the gauntlet. It's super entertaining.